fans of horse-related mysteries, you've come to the right place. This is Horse Mysteries. My name is David Dedrick. And my name's Lisa Williamson. And on this uh, episode of Horse Mysteries, our sixth episode, is that right? Yes. I've I've totally lost track. Season three, episode six. All right. Episode six. Somehow I kept track of it, even though we were gone for two weeks. We had a show that we did... And kind of, we kind of uh, did it while we were gone. We didn't do it while we were gone. Well, we did it before we left, but yeah. we pre-recorded it. So it came out. Did this mix me up, everyone? But it's mm-hmm. episode six. And what's this episode called here again? Uh, Panique Collective. Panique Collective. Very nice. Before we get to that, though, before we get to that, Uh-oh. we have a little thing that I like to call horse bits. And this week we're going to talk about, what are we going to talk about this week? I actually didn't think about this at all. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> Have we talked about the horse's eye? Yes. Okay. Have we talked about... We did talk about the horse's eye, did we? Huh. I can't believe we've only... We've done... Uh, what have we done now? 20 episodes that have already run out of bits. <laughs> no, let's talk about... Let's talk about... Just going through my going through a list in my head here, everyone. Let's talk about the horse's digestive system. You can choose how you want to approach that. Okay. It's a pretty big topic, I think. It is. Very big. Very long, actually. Yeah, if you, you took it out and you stretched it, it would go, I don't know, like a quarter of a mile or something. It's pretty long. Wow. Not quite a quarter of a mile, but yeah. Of course, <laughs> don't do that. That would be bad. But uh, yeah, I think most people think of a digestive system as being like the stomach and maybe the intestines, but a digestive system actually. That's me. Yeah. They start with the lips because I think we talked about the horse's lips before. <clears throat> What's I'm saying about horses? Uh a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hoofs. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the horse's lips are prehensile, so they can selectively choose what the horse is going to eat. Then the next part of the digestive system, which I think we've also talked about, are the teeth. Um, and so we've got the incisors at Have the Have we front. talked about the lips? Yeah, we did. Uh, at their elephantine yes. abilities. Yeah, yeah, that's what fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Is they're, they're like a shorter version of elephant's trunk in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. similar. So, yeah, the teeth similar to ours and the incisors in the front. And so they'll bite off the grass or they'll scoop the food into the mouth. And then there's the tongue, which acts like a conveyor belt, taking the food back to the molars where uh, mechanical digestion occurs. So the horse masticates and saliva and other digestive juices are added there. And then it turns into a slurry, and then it starts down through the esophagus. A slurpee? Not slurpee, slurry. Oh. So the, the esophagus is a, a one-way tube, and it's very long. And so that basically the length of the horse's neck. And um, basically there are muscular contractions the whole way through the horse's digestive system from this point on which is called peristalsis, which just squeezes the food through this long tube, the okay. same way you might squeeze toothpaste out of a tube. Okay. And But it only works in one direction. So That's like toothpaste. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Because everyone um, talks about how hard it is to get toothpaste, toothpaste back in a tube. Mm-hmm, yeah. So you might hear that horses can't throw up, and that's that's why. So basically this tube only works in one direction. Mm. The muscular contractions only work in one direction. So it pushes the food into the horse's stomach, which I think we've talked about before. And yeah, the stomach's the size of basically like a football, American football, or maybe a rugby ball somewhere around there. So not very big, second smallest stomach of any farm animal. And Hmm. The horse. What's the smallest, you know? I don't know. I think it's like pig or sheep, probably sheep. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so the stomach itself is not designed to be filled the whole way up. It's only designed to be filled uh, two-thirds of the way up because there's a protective coating in the bottom part. Okay. But if food gets up into the top part, so you overfill the yeah. horse's stomach. It's like or, the Titanic. Yeah, or if you give the horse food and then take it out and make it run around, ride it, okay. then the food jostles around. But oh. because there's, you know, all the digestive juices and acids in there, if that sloshes around, it gets into the top third and can cause ulcers. So that's mm. a big thing you hear about with horses now. Yeah. yeah. Then that food that's been digested in the stomach um, chemically then all gets pushed into the large intestine. And that's where... Um, absorption of the nutrients takes place. So all the proteins and things like that. Then 
The food only stays in the stomach for about 15 or 20 minutes, stays in the small intestine for about two hours, and then from there it goes into the large intestine, which is where um, things like the water get taken out, and then the fiber gets broken down, because the horse has a thing in the large intestine called the cecum, which is like a kind of a big, basically the equivalent to our appendix, oh, except for... An, I thought he was a member of the Goon Show. <laughs> no, it, in and, us. And that's, that's the most obscure joke I've ever made in my whole entire life. So I hope you enjoyed that. Probably not the most ex- obscure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, our appendix is kind of like the size of our pinky finger, but the horse's um, cecum is, is kind of like the size of a big black garbage bag. So all the hay, et cetera, gets dumped in there and it gets broken down by all this flora that lives in there all oh, the time, okay. all these little okay. microbes. Uh, so really they don't need like the, the, the four stomachs like a cow where it's kind no. of switching around between them. They have no. this sort of a garbage bag mm-hmm. in the place. Well, that's interesting because that seems like a really efficient part of a digestive system. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the horse's digestive system is famously, you know, in, famously inefficient in the fact that that's a major cause of Horse death is, is indigestion. Col- yeah, colics or, or indigestion. So, yeah, I don't know if it's inefficient, but it's maybe fragile. Fr- fragile. But we do yes. have... Well, um, it does have that, you can't fill it up more than two-thirds problem. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. like, that would just take me right out of the equation. I, it's the only way I eat food is <laughs> yeah. by filling myself right to yeah, the top. Yeah, if you were a horse, you'd be dead. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think if, um, if you follow the rules of, of feeding, which are pretty simple, then... In most cases, you can avoid colic. And these are kind of old school, time-honored sort of things like feed little and often yeah. and don't make sudden changes to what the horse eats and, yeah, things like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and then basically anything that's left after that point just gets pushed on through because the horse has absorbed everything that it needs to nutritionally at that point and converted everything. And so then... Rectum and anus is the next part of the digestive system, and so anything that's not needed is then expelled out. So, hmm. yeah, and if you look at, like, horses will poop usually about uh, eight times a day. That's that's normal for a horse, but they eat a very high-fiber diet. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, and in a lot of ways, they're they're very healthy that way. Okay, yeah, and they uh, their, uh, manu- their manure is pretty, uh, pretty pure mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, you know, it's almost ready to be an organic yes. material. You don't really have to compost it very much no. for it to, be, to spread. No, when you're composting and it doesn't break down, that's more because of the bedding. Mm. So depending upon mm. what bedding you're using. But say, you know, one barn we were at, um, well, more than one barn, but one in particular, the horses didn't go in stalls at all. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just we'd go out into the field and pick up the manure from the field, and that would go into the compost, and it would break down very quickly because yeah. there was no bedding at all. Okay, interesting. And so um, I was going to say one more thing about the, the poop, but I can't remember what it was now. Poop. It, does, it doesn't really matter. Oh, I was going to say, uh, don't put horse manure on, on rhubarb. Oh, it's bad for it? It'll kill it. Huh. Kill it dead. I wonder why. Discovered that. Oh. We put some we put some horse manure mm. on our rhubarb. And that was the last we ever had of rhubarb here. Well, I think the dog had something to do with it as oh, well. Oh, no? yeah. No, I've heard that uh, horse manure and rhubarb mm. mix. Well. Words the wise. Yeah. Maybe that'll be our next horse mystery. <laughs> <laughs> rhubarb, 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 rhubarb. <laughs> All right, dear. So let's uh, start. Let's start with, uh, what is this story called again? Panique Collectif. Panique Collectif. I see. So you've uh, decided to take m- mass panic and uh, turn it into a French French version of it, because this story takes place in Brazil? No. Oh. Takes place in France? Oui, oui. <laughs> <laughs> I should have guessed that right away. I don't know what I was thinking about Brazil. Okay, yes. So, takes place in France. Okay. And um, the year is 2020. What were you doing in 2020? What was I doing in 2020? I don't know, dear. <laughs> Camped out in my house like everyone else? <laughs> when in 2020 did the story take place? Oh, it took place during the... Uh, is, this a, is this a pandemic-related story? Maybe. Hmm. Interesting. Mm, yeah. Okay. I so, can see why there was a uh, panique collective. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a time for mass hysteria. It was. So February 2020. Um, this is very vague now that I read it. A horse in France was found dead oh. in his pasture. I don't know exactly where. Um, okay. So it appeared to have been mutilated. Mm. 
then in June, on June 6, 2020, near Dieppe in Normandy, horse owner Pauline Sarazen discovered her horse, Lady, dying in a field. The mare's ear was gone. The skin was peeled off her face. Sarazen wondered if her horse might have been targeted and attacked, possibly with acid. Wow. So Sarazen recalled several incidences from the day before the horse's death. She reported that a drone had flown over her property in the middle of the night. She also said a suspicious individual had trespassed on her property. And someone that she believed to be impersonating a vet had called for information about her horse. Huh. So how later... Would, how would you know that they're impersonating a vet? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I did not explain. Okay, so later in that same month, a donkey that had previously participated in a Christmas market in Paris was discovered mutilated. Oh. Mm-hmm. Poor thing. Yeah. Then in August of 2020, Nicholas Demogene, who runs a refuge for mistreated, abandoned, and abused animals, the place is called Ranch of Hope, he ended up catching two attackers in the act of attacking two ponies and two horses. He attempted to intervene, but was injured by one of the attackers, who came at him with, pruning, with a pruning knife, while the other slashed the sides of his horses and ponies. The huh? attackers then fled. Demogene, the horses, and ponies all survived. So, originally viewed as isolated incidents, over the summer of 2020, more than 30 dead horses and many more injured horses were reported across France between the eastern mountainous Jura region uh, all the way out to the Atlantic coast. Wow. So, police and horse owners alike were mystified by the deaths and mutilations. The horses appeared to have been slashed with knives held by knife-wielding assailants. Frequently, an ear, usually the right one, was cut off, similar to a bullring trophy. Oh, how odd. Mm-hmm. So it seemed that the people who were doing these acts possessed some familiarity with horses. Uh, they were going after horses and ponies that were turned out in pastures at night, mm -hmm. so they would be harder to catch. Yeah. Uh, people started to believe that these could be ritual mutilations. The attacks understandably brought about a public outcry and fears arose among horse owners and breeders, stables, in equestrian clubs and in equestrian centers all across France. Yeah. <laughs> July of 2020, Remy Maracal, a farrier in the northern town of Prudebois, discovered a deceased pony with its eye gouged out in July and later reported an additional two horses that were injured in August. So he said, and this is a quote, At first I thought it was accidental. I told myself, in a small village like this, it cannot be possible. Hmm. Then late in August 2020, Horse owner M. Serdan Rabad found her foal luxury dead in its field in the first autumn leaves. The foal's blood was still fresh in the grass, and it appeared that his body had been dragged. Whoever had done this had left the same signature dismemberment as seen in other equine sudden deaths that summer. Both the horse's right eye and the right ear had been removed in a precision clean cut. Serdan Rabad immediately called the gendarme. So the police... Yeah, weird, hey? Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. So the police arrived quickly. They knew the drill. Around France, the authorities had seen hundreds of similar cases. <laughs> Rumors were flying that it was an organized group of killers. The attacks always struck at night. The next day, horses would appear dead or horribly injured with deep cuts along their flanks or around their genitals. There were never any witnesses, nor were there any discernible motives for the attacks. As the police examined the scene at Serdan Rabad's farm, they asked her to keep quiet. The police told her there was no need to create more panic, but she didn't listen. She knew she needed to let her friends, colleagues, and fellow horse lovers know all about it. Serdan Rabad went to Facebook to describe the cowardly torture, in quotation marks, and savage killing. It was happening again. Horse owners needed to take precautions in case their horses were next. Then, on September 20th, 2020, two horses were victims of an assault in Domassin near Chambray in Savoie. A horseback riding instructor was alerted at midnight by barking dogs. Going to investigate, she noticed a car fleeing the scene. This added further to the growing fear and paranoia. <laughs> 
the attacks became a national concern. The events were discussed on the radio, made front-page headlines in the local newspapers, and were covered on TV and in online news sources. It didn't take long until the story hit the press internationally. Pauline Sarazan, owner of the horse Lady that was killed near Dieppe, created a Facebook group called Justice for Our Horses to connect with owners of equines that had been killed. The group also allowed people to share their stories and give advice. Thousands joined, mainly horse owners and animal lovers, but also some amateur sleuths jumped on board, <laughs> eager to help figure out the puzzle. At its height, the Justice for Our Horses group had over 20,000 members. I never even heard about this. Didn't you? No. Actually, I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, that's weird, I think eh? there was enough other stuff in the media at that time. I know, there was, there was a lot going on, yeah. so it's just funny how this, this completely was escaped both of yes, us. Yes, yeah. So, it was in August when Sir Dan Rabads posted the message about her dead foal luxury to the Justice of Our Horse Facebook group. Soon I had a huge number of shares. Then I was contacted by a local journalist, and soon we were on the front page of the newspaper. So this is a quote and yep. another quote. Yep. All of a sudden, we were starting to make a lot of noise. So the wound on Sir Dan Rabad's foal appeared so surgical that many horse owners believed a professional was at work. Hmm. In horse-loving England, the Guardian picked up the story. This is another quote. Speculation is widespread as to how barbaric acts, some surgical, could be perpetrated without solid knowledge of equine anatomy or on a horse in a pasture, presumably able to flee. So that was what the Guardian said. Hmm. So the police, by late September, there were 200 investigations in progress and various locations across France, with special police units patrolling large areas where some of the incidences had taken place. In the case of Nicholas Demogene's Ranch of Hope, 40 officers and a helicopter were deployed in the search of, for the suspects over a number of days. Now, here's another quote. Since August, acts of mutilation, mainly of horses, have been reported across the country. So this was a national police uh, press release. Okay. The police stated that more than 20 cases of cut ears were reported. Additionally, there are also cases of genital mutilation and lacerations with sharp objects. The official statement from the police was that, quote, about 200 investigations have been opened, but only about 30 cases are considered to be of human nature, end quote. Police considered the possibility that the cause could have been the result of social media challenges, morbid satanic cult rites, and or copycat killers. They were convinced multiple perpetrators were involved as opposed to a single person or group. Based on the high number of regions where the attacks occurred and the distances between them, investigators had to consider if, quote, the criminal acts are committed by several people or according to different modus operandi. They were, they were quite close to uh, Sweden's death metal scene. Oh. So you could see this being a problem. Yes, that's probably, I, sh I would have, should have added that in. Okay. So that was the police response, but then there were, the government got involved as well. Uh-oh. So... French we, government. Yeah, we are excluding nothing. That was a quote from French France's agriculture minister, Julien de, Nor de Normandie. So he told uh, France Info Radio. His ministry created a toll-free number for the public to call with information. Hmm. And here's a quote. We have an, an unacceptable situation of absolutely sickening cruelty acts. I hear the fear, the concerns, the disarray of horse owners. Also... Entering in was the Interior Minister, Gerald Darmanin, who announced that more officers would be put on night, night patrols in affected areas. So, quote, ears are cut off, eyes removed, an animal is emptied of its blood, he reported. On Twitter, he stated that all means are in motion to end this terror. So politicians went out to the countryside to meet the victims face to face. Far-right leader Marine Le Pen met Ranch of Hope proprietor Nicholas Demagene in front of the cameras to pledge support for all those affected. And this is a quote, harming animals with such cruelty is a sign of savagery. So this is something she posted on Facebook. She also wanted them to get rid of all the Arabian horses. Oh, maybe, yeah. 
so national horse groups also got involved. So the president of the French Federation of Equitation offered to help the police who were investigating the cases that were scattered all over the country. Serge Lecomte said the Federation would act as a civil party in each case. Meanwhile, horse owners, fearing for the safety of their animals, installed electronic security gates, put up electric fences, purchased paddocks, padlocks, put up surveillance cameras, and flew drones over their properties. Many resorted to spending their nights outside to be near their animals. So, theories. You have already put forward the probable one, which is the... Swedish death metal bands? Yes, yes. yes. Do you want to hear some others? Well, they're probably as likely as mine. <laughs> but yes, let's hear them. Okay, so, yeah, number one was satanic rites, cults, or alternative religious groups. Yes, so that was silly. the number one on the hit list. Was uh, this the Middle Ages? Yeah. Number two, organ trafficking. Okay. Yeah. Number three, a morbid... I don't think, they, I don't think horses are big enough to carry an organ. No, no, maybe a little keyboard, possibly. Okay. Uh, yes. Number three, a morbid internet challenge. That's also, I mean... No, it seems like beyond even people who would like eat pied, pied, po- Tide Pods or whatever else mm-hmm. they're doing now. It just seems beyond their whatever. I don't know if that's, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, if... It's too much work. People aren't posting it themselves. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the whole idea of the challenges, challenges is that you are, are there. Yeah, you are thing, there. But, it's your face yeah. that people are seeing you do it and and admiring you and you getting all the... Uh, the endorphins that you can possibly get through mm-hmm. people's likes for your uh, activities. Yeah. In this case, they're not getting, they wouldn't even get likes for it. No. <laughs> they get death threats, which I think would be the opposite of what they want. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's accurate. If, I, you know what? I really do think that my whole Swedish death metal uh, theory is holding up the best here. Mm-hmm. So far. Yep. So far, so good. You're still winning. <laughs> okay. Number four was macabre trophy hunt. Mm. Num- number five was scavenger animals. Like macabre trophy hunt. Like, if that was what you're into, it just feels like you you have too many. Yes. Like, if you you're going to do that, yeah, yeah it's just like, what's like, the point? Yawn. You've, yeah, you've got too many. Yeah. You can't even show them off to your friends, because no. they'd, they'd be worried about you. Mm-hmm. Five, five or six, they'd be like, okay, it's odd, but yeah. but 200? Who are you, David, with your with your knapsack full of foreskins? Mm-hmm. Okay, number Which six. Which was 200, I believe. Oh, wow. Number six was, the horses all died of natural causes. Number seven... After walking into a surgical instrument? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Uh, n- number seven was copycat killers. So there was one person okay. doing something wacky like and crop other circles. people heard about it. And, it's the yeah. French version of crop circles, which is very... It's a very morbid country, apparently. Mm-hmm. Number eight. The horses were killed for their blood in order to create a COVID-19 vaccine. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, we did just have an episode about how horses were used for, for serums. Yes, yeah. So that's not, not too not far so fed. No, that's yeah. that's near, that's edging out my Swedish death metal theory. Oh mm-hmm, my gosh! Mm-hmm. Number nine, low-level terrorists or jihadists. Uh, I, I think it was that uh, no that no. political person that uh, there's nothing the forward. Yeah, yeah, Marine Le Pen. Yeah, and also get rid of the Arabian horses. Um, no, that doesn't make sense to me because you know, like the whole like if you're a Muslim extremist, then you're you're you follow halal, like you follow like a like a very careful like ethical you know eating system i just don't think that animal cruelty would no suit that and i think you know and horses are an incredible part of incredibly big part of like uh you know middle eastern or persian history and their traditions and stuff like that so mm-hmm. the idea of, of them doing that as some sort of like gesture is is i just don't i can't see it no once again swedish death metal bands okay or this next one you okay. cannot deny it <laughs> okay Alien attacks. Alien attacks. Once again, nothing. Did anything involve the anus? Was there any anal uh, probing? No. Well, no. Aliens have nothing to do with it then, okay. because as we know, they have some sort of fascination with the the uh, bottom p- yeah. end of mammals. <laughs> Rule them out. Yep. Okay, number eleven. Scratch it. Fetishism. Oh man. Okay, <laughs> fetishism is something that goes on in, down in Washington State. <laughs> and that's uh, that's an episode we're not going to do. We're not going to do that episode. And once again, <laughs> very very close to aliens and their interests. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Number twelve. Uh, people with mental health issues. Okay. <sighs> no, because it's too it's too organized for that. Mm-hmm. Like someone with a mental health issue that that is like a whatever they call that thing, like a fugue state or whatever, where the person just lost all control mm-hmm. and is just randomly 
you know, creating mayhem. Yeah, random and disorganized. Yeah, yeah. and that's the opposite of what's happening here. Where people are like, plan- these are planned attacks. They obviously know when the owners aren't going to be there. They know when the animals are going to be vulnerable, and 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 they're also zooming off when when they're threatened. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it's not a not a crazy person. So has anything dislodged my Swedish death metal? Mm, not yet. No, we have more. So no, those are those oh, are okay. the twelve ones. Adding were... your thirteen for <laughs> Swedish death metal, but we will go into these. Seriously, ones. if you look at the history of Swedish death metal bands, you know this is not this is not crazy. Okay, so we're going to go into these a little well, bit. Since more. there's only like three of them, it's a little far fetched that they'd be doing this much <laughs> mayhem. But yeah. Okay, so we'll look at the satanic rites, cults, alternative oh, religious brother. groups hypothesis. A okay, bit more. let's talk. Let's bring out the old Melius mm-hmm. Maleficorum or whatever it's called, the old medieval witchcraft text. So it was hypothesized that attackers armed with knives, some knowledge of horses, and a lot of cruelty were going after horses and ponies out in pastures in order to perform ritual mutilations. Garbage. So multiple attacks were reported hundreds of miles apart, sometimes within the span of a few hours. So this seemed for many to be a confirmation that a widespread and organized gang was up to evil work. So the question was asked, this is a quote, can these acts of cruelty be the work of a sect or a Satanist group? Or is this just a fantasy? Yes, just a fantasy would be my response to yeah. that. Okay. Well, particularly since like modern witchcraft, you know, like the sort of, the sort of like revival of paganism and whatnot, you know, like it's all nature related, you know, but in a, in a Bambi way, not mm-hmm. in like an old fashioned wicker man nature way. It's like in a new sort of Bambi-ish world view. And I just don't see like... Uh, Horses, uh, yeah, no, I don't buy it. Okay. So it said, the most popular theory was that the attacks were being committed by Satanists, were satanic rites, or were the work of some kind of alternative religious group. Religious historian Jackie Cobbler said many of the attacks involved mutilating the horse's ear, suggesting some kind of ritual. So this is a quote. Tearing out an ear, an eye, or scavenging blood resembles witchcraft practices, he said. <laughs> These organs are used yeah. by them to acquire the strength and power of the animal. Historically, this type of sacrifice has existed to bewitch someone for power or sex. Yeah, and if you're using horse parts to get, get powered, careful of what you eat because you have terrible indigestion problems. <laughs> So, on June 30th, 2020, France's Domestic Intelligence Service gave the idea of a cult being responsible more weight, identifying a, quote, a clear, indiscriminate effort to attack horses and keep the ear as a trophy, end Mm. quote. So, they stated, another quote, the attacks raised questions about those responsible and their motives. Be they superstition, yeah, yeah, no fetishism, <laughs> satanic ritual related to a cult or otherwise. So yeah. I guess that's pretty big. You know, I, I kind of think that any sort of attack should raise suspicion and and you should be wondering what the motives are of the people who are doing attacks. Mm-hmm. It seems yeah. to me that's, that's a natural part of this whole thing. <laughs> okay, so later in the year, however, officials made this a is statement. French justice. Sometimes attacks don't create uh, any kind of any kind of ripples and no one worries about it. Yeah, so I think they're, they're getting on board with you because later in the year, they made a statement saying there has been no evidence of a link with a possible sect or movement. Oh, so, dumb. so here's another quote. Yeah. But certain facts recall practices linked to sect <laughs> Sectarian rituals, and in particular, so-called satanic rites. Well, but those are all made up. Yeah. So you you can just say anything about those. It's ridiculous. Boo, Mm -hmm. is what I say about this. So it was noted also that a special government office in charge of the observation and analysis of sex... S-E-C-T-S activity um, observed that sacrifices linked to these type of movements typically involve small animals and not horses. Yeah, like goats. That's a big, like goats. That's what we think of when we think of Satanism. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of goat bothering. Yeah. So Nicholas Demagy, the Ranch of Hope manager, who claimed to have seen the perpetrators, stated, as a quote, it is a cult. That much is clear. They're all wearing robes. Why else would they take an ear or organs or testicles. It has to be professionals because not anyone could do this. He also went on to speculate that I think it could be former vets or butchers. <laughs> well, yeah, but also the thing is, is like this has been, this has happened before where there's been killers who have done surgically precise murders and everyone's speculating that they're doctors or something like that. And then it's revealed that they weren't. Mm-hmm. They're just laymen yeah. who just were cunning like and it's just, as if we like it's because we worship 
we worship medicine in a weird way. And we think of doctors as being like superhuman and how, what they do. But anyone can like, you know, use a knife to cut things out. It's just getting on an eyeball. It, it has, a, it has a, a little socket. You can follow the socket with your knife. It's real easy. An ear, it's already, it's an ear. It's already sticking out. It's already sticking out. <laughs> like what kind of skill is this taking? Yeah. It's pretty silly. I, I, I don't think this is a... And any organ you take out, if it's random, you're just cutting in anywhere inside of the horse and randomly grabbing stuff out of it. Like, no, this is silly. Once again, I'm poo-pooing all of these because I am so behind my Swedish death metal (laughs) theory that, you know, I'm not letting any of this stand until until the end is revealed. And I swear to you that Lisa's already given me like a little nod and a wink that I'm right on this. (laughs) Okay. So organ trafficking, you want to hear about that? Organ trafficking, yes, because of, of the huge organ horse organ transplant business <laughs> around the world, where people are Americans are having organs from France flown into the, to save their horses, okay. or do they go to Hollywood and are put into the bath with the children's blood mm-hmm. so they get more of those whatever they QAnon weirdos believe. So unless you're a QAnon weirdo, in which case, good for you, sir. Yeah. Organ trafficking was another theory investigated. So this is a quote. Organs and tissues could be sold by crooked veterinarians. This was a, <laughs> a publication called Novel Observature. Yeah, that's reported. a new observation, yeah. all right. So forensic investigation found traces of anti-mortem poisoning in horses discovered dead and mutilated on August 23rd and 24th in the Jura region. There's a quote. The modus operandi augures a particular knowledge of equines, the use of a large knife with individuals of certain physical strength. Yep. Okay. It would occur to anyone that a large animal would require a large knife. Mm -hmm. These guys are geniuses. Yeah. So you want to hear more about internet challenge and copycat killings? (laughs) Sure, dear. Okay. So here's a, it's the same um, publication, Novel Observature. You know know what it's, you know that, uh, Translates into in English? New look. National Enquirer. <laughs> Does it really? No. <laughs> Sounds like it. So it what does. they said was, uh, it could therefore be a morbid yeah. challenge on which several individuals would have embarked, yeah. encouraged by the strong media interest generated by these cases of mutilation. The media coverage may have prompted some people to act by imitation. Hmm. And what I say? Fooey. Okay. Do you want to hear about the scavenger animal theory? scavenger animal so there's an animal doing this now yeah okay okay according to some specialists scavenger animals like birds and this included birds and also insects oh, uh, the razor bill they like to attack the most tender parts like ears eyes and genitals okay <laughs> so a publication called le monde yeah. points out that quote wounds caused by scavengers can be mistaken for blows from a stabbing weapon mm. So other theories. But dis- I just. But once again. Yeah. Like if if they're showing signs of uh, pre uh, mutilation drugging, I don't think the birds are doing that unless they've hired know, some. They've hired like, some associates. Go go back to our episode on uh, the horses that ate the cherry tree stuff. And yeah, then- yeah. This is a lot of co- coincidence here. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just don't, I just don't see this. Like, <laughs> Okay. It says, other theories discount human perpetrators in many of the cases. Uh-huh. According to the newspaper Liberation, uh, this is a quote, human responsibility has been probed only in a quarter of the cases of mutilation. Hmm. They stated that in other European countries where similar situations had occurred, quote, there were a lot of natural deaths and the activity of scavengers, end quote. I mean, yeah, I can see that if like horses are, are ha- ha- like a, you know, are dying in the field of old age or whatever. But these are, don't think are horses that are, you know, past their p- prime who are falling over in the field dead. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know about this theory. They, they hear Swedish death metal and <laughs> Well, I don't blame them. Okay. You want to hear about the COVID-19 vaccine theory? Oh, sure. <laughs> So 2020, of course, was a year of COVID, the year of lockdowns, the year of fear and uncertainty. Um, France had been particularly hard hit by COVID in their early days, and this resulted in a populace that was already highly fearful and suggestible. So the lack of arrests led to help to create an atmosphere where amateur sleuths already bored at home in lockdown actually had spare time to peruse news reports and online sites, look for rumors and clues to, and other connections 
to find the identity of those behind the killings. Mm. So one popular theory claimed that the horses were killed for their blood and the, the blood was going to be used to create the vaccines for COVID-19. I don't know. Okay. Do you want to hear about the terrorist theory? I can't believe they're not looking at Thor Greigelnack of a <laughs> dwarf sword. So far-right commentators on YouTube suggested that the attacks might be part of a broader campaign of low-level terrorists waged by jihadists. You want to hear about natural causes? You didn't, you didn't really... I mean, is that all? Is that That's all, all they, said? they said. That's all they said. I, yeah. I wouldn't pay more, any more attention to that. No, it's just nonsense. So, natural causes. Again, the idea of natural phenomenon or horses self-injuring or dying of natural causes was also considered. And then we'll look lastly at the mental health issues. So, perpetrators with mental health issues was one hypothesis that was looked at. So, Phil Cavanaugh, a clinical psychologist at the University of Canberra in Australia, studies and writes about animal cruelty. He stated that the mutilations could point to someone suffering from psychosis, like the boy who blinded six horses in Suffolk and inspired Peter Schaefer to write his play Equus in 1973. It's a good play. Which I tried to look up about this boy killing six horses or whatever, blinding, mm. and I could not find anything. I don't know if I it's like... I didn't know the uh, play was... Did you look up Equus and see if yes, it was based on an actual yeah. event? Yeah. It said it was based I, on an event? No, no, I could not find it, yeah. anything that connected to, it to a real event. Maybe I it think, is, I but, think this person is just confused. Yeah, maybe. He liked uh, the play. The play is a good play. Mm-hmm, so it may, mm-hmm. Maybe it seems so real to him that he yeah. must have thought it was an actual event. So, however, since the French cases cover a huge geographical area, Kavanaugh doubts one person could be responsible for them all and knows of no precedent of psychotic individuals organizing themselves into groups. He noted that there is very little research on animal cruelty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, we did at one point have some suspects, though. Oh, so okay. We will Marine hear Le Pen. about them. So, the police launched a major search operation in Eastern France's uh, Cote d'Or region involving 40 okay. officers and a helicopter after horse owner Nicolas Demagene, who is 48, spotted two people in his pasture one late August night, but the suspects got away. Demogene, who is disabled and uses a cane, had been patrolling nightly for the last few weeks. He was awoken around midnight to the sound of his pigs squealing. Hmm. When Demogene came face to face with the two men, he reported, this is a quote, they didn't run away when they saw me. They just came at me. Demogene himself was slashed across his left arm with a knife. He managed to strike out with his cane and hit one of the perpetrators across the face. Uh, in the meantime, one of the other people was supposedly slashing his horse with a knife across the flank. The men then escaped in a truck. Um, so he said his horses, he found that two horses and two ponies had been slashed across the flanks, uh, but they were traumatized, although they did survive. Wow. So this was the first actual sighting of a suspect from the dozens of reported cases across France. Demogene gave police a description of one of the attackers, a stocky brunette white man between 40 and 50 years old with brown eyes and stubble. Police created a sketch that that was shared half a million times on Facebook. Extensive police resources were assigned to the case. On September 7, 2020, a 50-year-old unemployed man with prior drug convictions was arrested in eastern France after a witness who saw the sketch turned him in. He was released shortly after without charges. This is a quote. He denied the charges from the start and his alibi could be corroborated, said his prosecutor. The following day, an attack, an attacker or attackers bled a young pony in another area. In another case, some of a horse's organs were removed. A police spokesman said, quote, The operation is over. Now we are investigating our findings. For now, there are no clues. Okay, so the operation's over. Yeah, so that was... So they have no clues. They have no clues. Kind of sounds like the uh, Shergar case. Remember that guy said, we have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's honest, I guess. Yeah. There were many solutions and theories posed. A veterinarian suggested that security measures such as installing cameras should be taken. 
people obviously took to social media. So the Facebook group Justice for Our Horses grew up to 20,000 members. The community shared tips and advice to ward off the attacks from the best way to set up security cameras to how to detect signs attackers were surveilling a property. They also posted their theories, some of them increasingly outlandish. (laughs) One user warned that the perpetrators were drugging guard dogs during attacks. Others shared what they believed were signs left by the perpetrators. So the smallest discoveries from manure on a doorstep to carved marks on a fence post were dissected at length by the community. Vigilante groups were formed. Locals took matters into their own hands. So in the Tarn et Garonne region, local horse owners formed a group called SOS Chevaux 82, a neighborhood watch to patrol fields and stables. They wore a yellow vest with the group's name on the back, and members took turns throughout the daytime and night to watch each other's horses. So equestrian center owner Didier Thoron said, Our yellow vest is our only weapon. The idea is to protect the animals. People purchased drones to supervise their pens and fields. Vigilant groups among horse breeders were working day and night. Police were following every lead. Numerous investigations were in progress. Official hotlines were open permanently, but a sense of doom still spread. A government-run hotline had been set up that a hundred concerned animal owners called every day. Uh, Some pensioners patrolled properties carrying pitchforks, pepper sprays, and rifles. They put up cameras. They even caught images of people, but they questioned why no one was ever caught. The police advised those who owned or cared for their horses to monitor their pastures and report suspicious behavior. Authorities sought not only to prevent attacks, but to calm tensions among increasingly panicked rural communities. In Brittany, where only one alleged horse maiming had been reported, but police were overwhelmed by calls of suspicious activity Officers in camouflage surveilled properties with night vision in an operation dubbed War Horse. <laughs> Locals became increasingly wary of outsiders. Sightings of suspicious vehicles were shared widely on Facebook. <laughs> So the hypothesis, rumors and fake information abounded, spreading fear and confusion. Post appeared on Facebook using the same photo, sometimes in combination with a police sketch made of Demogene's attacker. One all-caps post screamed, just spotted a few hours ago in Alsace, they were deranged. Police followed up, but the lead was a dead end. It turned out the vehicle belonged to a Dutch woman and her mother, two geocaching enthusiasts on holiday. (laughs) Poor ladies. Yeah. Fake stories also spread quickly. One tale posted on Facebook, which was later debunked by a fact checker, identified as suspects two young assholes with knives in southern France. So while internet users are hunting down possible subse- subject or suspects, the gendarmes denounce and, and a taking climate... Out, taking out personal uh, vendettas on people. Mm-hmm. The gendarmes denounce a climate of paranoia and call on people not to take justice into their own hands, the publication Liberation wrote. So among horse owners, farmers, and equestrian organization, there was a drive to vigilantism. Uh, and so, again, they had people going, getting drones, looking at pictures of people or looking for suspicious vehicles. Uh, it was reported most often that the people were in white pickup trucks or in refrigerated trucks with particular license plates. But um, that dead end, that was a dead end. Okay. So the commander of a police station in Western France explained, and this is a quote, Since we have heard about this phenomenon in the media, we have had dozens of phone calls per day to report a vehicle stopped near an enclosure and of suspicious persons lurking. Sometimes it is a family with children who want to stop to see a horse. (laughs) Who are surrounded Mm -hmm. by by pitchfork and torch-wielding villagers. Yes. Um, Now, just to go back to what that policeman said, did you say that when we heard about this in the news? Yes, when we heard about it in the media. When we heard about it in the media. I'm glad that the noise is getting around to the police station. So yeah, but he says, when, since we have heard about it on the media, we have had dozens of phone calls. Okay. So, so, so I, I think he's I just, think, yeah, okay, yeah, I I think he's mean. trying to say that it's being sensationalized in yeah. the media, which is causing panic with yeah. people, and then everyone's phoning 
them now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a weird kind of syntax. Yeah, yeah. After reviewing old news reports with other members of her Facebook group, Sarah Zinn claimed to have found some 60 previous cases of attacks on horses going back as far as 2014. Okay. And then she said, The problem is, it's never the same type of horse that is targeted or the same method of killing. The only link is that the ear is taken. Hmm. So she told that when she was talking to the French newspaper 20 Minutes. Horse owners in France started to re-examine what had first been seen as natural deaths of horses from previous years to determine if these horses hadn't in fact been killed by these mysterious killers. Other horse owners became increasingly fearful that their horse could be next. The mutilation of horses is not a French phenomenon, nor is it new. Often these reports appear in waves. In the 1980s and 1990s, hundreds of horses in Britain, then in Germany, were mutilated while in medieval times, the tails, lips, and ears of horses would be cut as acts of vengeance against owners. In New Mexico, Colorado, and other central ranching states in the 1970s, a reported wave of cattle mutilations was noted. One of the most prominent theories was that of UFOs, or other paranormal-type explanations. Another theory that was popular was unauthorized government testing on the rancher's cattle. It got so bad that the National Guard had to send out a memo for helicopters to fly at two, yeah, 2,000 no, yeah, 2, feet rather than 1,000 feet as ranchers had started shooting at them. <laughs> so ultimately, the oh, entire boy. idea of cattle mutilations was debunked by the FBI. The primary investigator blamed the injuries on scavengers in his final report and included strict guidelines for police officers presented with cases of what appeared to be mutilated animals. Hmm. So he said in his report, don't use such terms as surgical precision, which are conclusions. Stay with the facts. Let the laboratory experts make conclusions. Also, don't be misled by statements made by non-authoritative sources. Hmm. So in an independent look... I get it. He's throwing, he's throwing shade in my whole Swedish death metal <laughs> yeah. theory. Yeah. In an independent look at the cattle mutilations from Washington County, done, and so it's in the central United States, done yeah. in 1979, it was found that bloating that took place over a 48-hour period resulted in skin tearing in what appeared to be an incision-like manner. Agricultural historian Michael Goleman, in writing about the cattle mutilations decades later, hypothesized that the idea of mutilations provide a way for small-scale independent ranchers to express their resentment for government interference in their operations. It was also an outlet for them to express their economic anxieties. Hmm. He noted that the majority of the alleged mutilations were reported in those states and counties that correspondingly had higher concentrations of smaller farming operations. So in the 1980s, British police investigated a horse ripper suspected of killing some 160 animals between 1983 and 1993. Widely reported theories suggested Satanists or pedophiles were behind the deaths, but no convictions were ever made. In 2001, after two decades of investigation, a former police officer declared that most of the injuries were caused by accidents or from other animals post-mortem. So a horse scratching itself on a bush can incur cuts that can be mistaken for knife wounds, while the teeth of local carnivores, such as fox, are razor sharp and can inflict damage that resembles a knife wound. In both of these countries, no serial horse attacker or mutilator has ever been convicted. Hmm. Okay, do you want to hear the end of this story? Yeah, I would like to know exactly what happened. Okay. I, want, I, want this, I want this neatly tied up with a bow. All right, here we go. All right. In September 2020, French police launched a huge investigation into more than 500 reports of horses killed or maimed. Police veterinarians and forensic experts reviewed each case before making a shocking announcement in December 2020. Only 16% of the cases reported, so approximately 80, could be formally linked to human action. More than 400 cases were classed as natural deaths. Police confirmed several individuals were arrested in relation to isolated crimes, including one for bestiality. 
but no individual or group was brought to justice for committing attacks across the country. And there is no pattern of an attacker systematically taking horses, ears, or other body parts. Hmm. So, if there were no killers, how did almost everyone, from government ministers to farmers to police to the media, coalesce around the idea that an individual or group was responsible for the deaths of so many horses? Across the border in Switzerland, Olivier Ribot, a former police investigator and experts in, expert in forensics, had an idea. So Ribot, who is 58, first learned of the horse mutilations in France from the TV news. He listened carefully, noting the startling similarities with a case he knew intimately from 15 years earlier. As soon as I saw that, I said, it's starting again. Hmm. In 2005, Ribot was working as an analyst with the Swiss police when the force was hunting a mysterious killer who the press had dubbed the sadist. Okay. The police believed the sadist was attacking animals and taking ears and genitals as trophies. Amid a media frenzy, police began 24-hour surveillance of fields and had suspicious animal owners harassing tourists, but no arrests were made. The head of the judicial police in one area reviewed the evidence and tested all theories. So this was a guy called Olivier Genoux. I don't know. <laughs> Guniat. Okay, so one day, Guniat told Rabot he had cracked the case of the sadist. I know who it is, he told me. Or he told Rabot. A note of mischief crept into Gunier's voice. It was a fox. <laughs> so soon after, Swiss police announced their findings publicly. In most of the cases, there was no evidence of human intervention. The sadist never existed. Forensic experiments had shown what initial observations failed to realize. Okay. Most of the incisions, which were described as surgical and attributed to knives, were in fact the mark of the sharp teeth of a fox or similar scavengers. Um, this theory was confirmed by DNA. Oh, interesting. Yes. So, so, so before, before we go on, so they're not killing the horse. The horse is already dead. Yeah. yeah and they're the just, they're just yeah. taking advantage of this mm -hmm. untimely uh, passing. That's right. Probably indigestion, as we've already established. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know, dear. I can't believe they're not looking more into uh, Mulnir Rasmussen of uh, of of God Death. Oh, that's a death a, Swedish death metal guy. You, you know, he's the, you know. There's a lot of them. Obviously, there's like three different bands that yeah that to terrorize Sweden for about ten years. Well, I, I think themselves. it is uh, mostly a themselves. A little actually. bit of a conspiracy because it was a Swiss police officer who's like, yeah. oh look, this other way. <laughs> It's nothing to do with Switzerland. <laughs> or We're neutral. Great music scene. We're neutral. About, they have a great music scene? Death metal. Hey. That's Sweden you're talking about. Oh. You said Switzerland. Di different country. It's a different country. <laughs> I thought it was the same place. Don't tell the Swedish. No. Okay. Sorry. My mistake. My ignorance. Okay. <laughs> I know it's different countries. Um, okay. So we have a guy called Alan Jones, who is a British historian who has studied animal attacks in the UK. And okay. this is a quote from him. Yeah. Historically, events follow a similar pattern. Rising number of attacks, no arrests, and the finger is pointed. What has changed over time is to whom the finger is pointed. In earlier, <laughs> Not really. No. In earlier times, they would include the vagrants, the under, the unemployed or outcasts. Yeah. But now we have pagans, witches, Satanists, or spacemen. Well, I mean, that's, that's a po I'm sure in the past, you know, travelers or whoever were, were fingered for these sort of things. But let's not ignore the, you know, the centuries-long, uh, um, you know, accusations against people for witchcraft that re resulted in a many deaths yes yeah so they would also would have been people uh, pointed at doing these sort of things mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah they say if any society is undergoing uncertainty people look for scapegoats sure and or yeah. scape foxes yes so he says there are previous cases of mass panic which also pointed to the the evidence of society people in society to um create sinister plots in the case of innocuous events innocuous innocuous yeah, yeah. okay yeah yeah so it's Un unlike inoculated events which mm -hmm. is also going on at the same time as this uh, story 
Yeah. So here's another guy whose name is Gary Small. He's an expert in mass hysteria and chair of psychiatry at Hackensack University Medical Center in New oh. Jersey. And so he said, when people are song, frightened or it's anxious... a song by uh, Fountains of Wayne, so who could doubt, doubt this guy? Oh, yeah. So he says, when people are frightened or anxious, they often reinterpret cues in their environment. Mm -hmm. So he says, when that happens, uh, people look for to other people for explanations for what's happening. Um, and, he's, and then we have another person called Agneta Fisher, a professor in emotion and affective processes at the University of Amsterdam. So she says, the more intense an emotional event, the more it will spread. And by sharing stories and our emotions about them, we can also share the same interpretation of that event. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, going back to Rabot, the Swiss investigator, he says, In France, we saw the same pattern. The case started, it was reported by TV, and people began organizing themselves, which was further amplified by social media. So, he said, each voice, the media, the police, the public, reinforced the theory of a serial attacker. Until, yeah. So, the result is a textbook case of confirmation bias. <laughs> Rabot says, once the theory has been laid out and politicians, police, and the media coverage around that, it makes it really difficult to offer an alternative. Even asking seems stupid at a certain point. It's established. There's a serial killer, and that is something we cannot contest. <laughs> So some of the reports that were given were later revealed to be false or entirely fabricated. So following a bad breakup, a man in eastern France claimed that he and his horse were attacked. But later, uh, this information was retracted and he admitted that he had fabricated the story to win sympathy from his ex. Then, How'd that go? Yeah, I don't think it worked. Uh, Sarazin, the creator of the Facebook group Justice for Our Horses, was convicted of false testimony and mistreatment of animals. She had fabricated the story about the death of her horse Lady to protect her dog after it attacked and killed the horse Lady. She was given a suspended four-month sentence and a ban from keeping animals for three years. Hmm. On the Facebook group she created, the public reaction was scathing. Some called for her to be locked up, Others encouraged people to contact her directly. One member said, With scumbags like this, we all we will lose all credibility. So the Facebook group remains around, but it is much smaller than it used to be. Uh, the users continue to believe in one or more uh, small organizations that were killing the horses. Demogene, whose attackers remain at large, doesn't believe natural causes can explain the reported horse deaths and injuries, and he has since installed cameras. So he said, I'm 100% convinced that people did this. They need to stop saying it was animals, because animals don't remove organs, and animals can't open the thorax of a horse. Nope, not at all. So Only, the, only a knife can do that. Yeah. The lady who owned the horse Luxury, the, the full Luxury that died, um, that was... Melanie Serdan Rabot. It says she is still looking for the person she believes killed her foal. While an autopsy concluded that Luxury died of natural causes, the wounds on his body in inflicted post mortem by animal scavengers, or the, the wounds on his body were inflicted post mortem by animal scavengers, but Serdan Rabot is unconvinced of this, and she said, The police asked me not to tell anyone about the case, but I didn't listen. Uh, she is convinced that clues were lost due to flaws in the investigation. Huh. The end. Well, let's all give a little cheer for Reynard the Fox. <laughs> He's done it again. That yep. scoundrel, that little scamp. And uh, what I have to say, though, is that, once again, the Swedish death metal groups have escaped me. Mm-hmm. I will get justice. Thank you, dear. That was uh, very interesting, actually. I like the I like the twist ending. Good. And I liked all the theories because they were ridiculous, <laughs> even mine, obviously. But yeah, it's really it's kind of funny how that happens. You know, and I basically did say it there, where you know everyone talks about surgical precision and all this sort of nonsense, but it's really a meaning meaningless mm -hmm. because you know, like, what does that mean? With surgical precision. 
okay, he cut a straight line? <laughs> like, what? What mm-hmm. does that mean? So, yeah, it's just an odd thing. And, you know, this, you know, obviously these people are sad. Their insurance has been affected by, by these deaths. Uh, they didn't get what they wanted, which was probably insurance payouts. And uh, so they, they're not very happy with the outcome of these, these cases. Yeah, maybe. Well, I think I like the part about the, the cows, the guy investigating the cow deaths. Yeah. Yeah. And and how he was able to link it to economic uncertainty. Um, sure, but yeah. you know, if you think back to that time, there was also like all the talk about cattle mutilations by aliens mm-hmm. that were blamed for it. It's the same sort of things that get well, brought yeah, around, that's right? what that was, yeah, right? Yeah, so exactly, these people were saying, yeah, that aliens had come down, mutilated the cattle, or the alternative theory was government, you know, interference. But yeah. either way... It's both yeah. government interference, because the government yeah. is, is allowing these aliens to do this. We still have this conversation, even now, where, you know, like, even though all, uh, the FBI has opened up the records so people can look at these things and see that they're basically groundless, they, they're still, you know, still, like, building all these kind of uh, castles in the sky of, mm-hmm. like, alien aliens and blah 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 you know sort of stories and what's funny in a country with the history of france you know which has this very you know very even though it's mostly secular now it still has this deep catholic uh tradition it's steeped in you know so they they do bring up aliens but they also bring up witchcraft right. and, and devil worship yeah. you know because those are you know the sort of things that were popular in the middle ages part of the inquisition etc which of course the inquisition by the way went up into the victorian era but anyhow it's not you know We'll keep that down to the Catholic Church doesn't like to talk a lot about its history, really. Let's just talk talk about now, they keep saying. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, so you have like this, you know, thousand year war against uh witches, you know, and then then that kind of gets overlaps with the sort of alien thing that's become popular now since the nineteen fifties. Uh not a popular thing before that time, you know, but the rise of science fiction science fiction movies, which gave people uh you know, some sort, you know, kind of put this into people's heads, you know, created this sort of new paranoia of conspiracy, et cetera, et cetera. That's sort of interesting how it works. When really it's just foxes. <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> yes. All right, dear. Well, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Thank mm-hmm. you. Even though it's sad, the horses are dying. But you know what? At the same time, these horses that are just, they're passing away. It's part of life. Mm-hmm. Part of life on a farm. You know, the old saying, if you're going to have livestock, you can have dead stock. And I guess if you're going to have dead stock, you're going to have scavengers come around, whether it's going to be coyotes or foxes or crows or whatever. Eagles, eagles, I used to think eagles are the best. And then I saw them in the dump and I realized they're just a dump bird. Mm-hmm. They're just another, like they're, they're carry-on birds as well. So they'll they'll come in and carry on away with the uh, with eyeballs and whatnot. So yeah, there's, uh, you know, it's just the, the circle of life. So we should call this, but I do like the title as well, Mass Hysteria. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for that, dear. And uh, thank you all for listening to the show this week. We have no comments to our shows. And I think that's because our our recording schedule was very irregular up to our going away on our trip. Lisa and I went to England for two weeks. We just got back last week. But we're back. And so that's no excuse to not write into us. And to do so, you can go to the website. It's called SneakyDragon.com. Uh, that's probably we can call it uh, the Sneaky Dragon Network, as, as uh, the co-host of Sneaky Dragon likes to call it. Ian likes to call it the Sneaky Dragon Network, which I've always wanted to call it, but I didn't want to like step on any toes. But since he's calling it that, I'm like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Sneaky Dragon Network, you can go to sneakydragon.com. You'll find the show there. We post all the episodes there, of course, and you're welcome to leave comments underneath each episode. We'd love to hear from you. And I'm sure people have some thoughts about this episode and also to back me up on my whole Swedish death metal theory. And there's other ways you can help us out. You know, you can go to iTunes or any of the sort of major podcast aggregators and review the show there you can give it give it stars you can leave a written review we would really appreciate it because it helps people find the show don't forget we have a facebook page that lisa is womaning and that is uh full of information about every episode uh we'll have some of her research that she did that didn't make it onto the air it'll have uh she'll list their sources it has pictures videos whatever she can find she puts there to further enhance these stories so if you want to learn more about anything we've talked about that's a great way to do it because we have all the resources right there for you uh and with that i am going to say to you all a fond farewell but before we go lisa's going to tell us 
what the next story is. Oh, the next one. This is going to be a <laughs> Dave special. Oh, no. It's going to be all about you, sir. <laughs> okay. And I'm not going to tell you what the topic is. Well, I have not researched anything. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Well, don't forget we have to record it tomorrow. Oh, really? No. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no that was, that well, was a Dave special. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> I'm not worried because I don't have to do anything. You're doing it all next time. You're, you're carrying it. I don't know. I don't know that. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm a little bit worried. And this is a little bit Lisa. You can say goodbye, dear. Okay. Goodbye. And we'll be back next time with another horse mystery. This one, title unknown. TBA? To be announced? To be announced. Yeah. It's the TBD? Dave question. <laughs> the Dave question. All right, everyone. Bye now. Bye. Does that mean you're doing the horse bits? Bye.